What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat Podcast. You got your boys here, Juan and Victor, with another episode. And oh, what's going on, brother? Doing good, man. Well, not as great because just when just when I was looking forward to spring and you know the 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 time got changed, which to me like that brings me life every year when they spring the clock forward. And I know that we're gonna get longer days, but. Along with the time change, all of a sudden we're getting winter-like weather again. I heard that there's possible snow. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why can't you, like, why can't the weather just act right? And just, like, let's go into spring without having this back and forth, you know, mix of emotions. Nah, let's just get to spring already. I didn't, actually didn't feel the, the, the change of time. Not the change of weather, of course, I felt that. But the change of time, I actually didn't feel that, like, I woke up Monday morning, super early in the morning. I get up at 4.30. I'm up and at it at 4.30. It actually happened Sunday, though. But still, like, I didn't feel I didn't feel the change much. I wake up when it's dark outside either way. So, and I get home right. when there's light outside. So it, it wasn't a big difference for me. But um, the weather was definitely a surprise. You know, we had 70-degree weather on Friday. It was so right. good. We were out. And then, boom, Monday. <laughs> yep. it's like the the the, yeah, yeah. the ultimate monday attitude yeah you, you don't want to get up for work and then boom 20 degrees outside no no yep, warning that's and exactly the, it. and as you said we, we're we're potentially going to get some snow but that's the life you know that's that's the the con i guess uh, uh um in living in new york there's a lot of pros but right. that's one of the cons and we just gotta gotta suck it up man we gotta suck it up <laughs> true true hopefully you know like the 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 days are going to keep moving forward, which brings inevitably spring. So like you said, we just got to tough it out maybe for, for another week or so. And then hopefully warmer weathers and uh, sunnier days lie ahead. So let's get started with today's show, which we're going to talk a little basketball, you know, uh, break down a little, you know, the Miles, situa- uh, Miles Leonard situation. But we're going to get started on football and more particularly to closed an era. And that is... Over the weekend, uh, famous and Super Bowl winning quarterback Drew Brees decided to call it a career after spending a few years in San Diego and then moving down to New Orleans, where he went on to win a championship, uh, a Super Bowl a championship with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he decides it's time. And so with his ending of the of his time as a quarterback, as a professional football player, we kind of want to take a moment to kind of put his career in perspective. And I want to ask you, like, where do you place him among the the all-time greats when it comes to quarterbacks? Oh, he's definitely um, a top 10 quarterback, top 10 of all time. Um, you know, he, he had an incredible career. When you look at his stats, he's either one and two. In any major statistical category for the quarterback, he's one or two right there with Tom Brady. It's, it's them two. And you have and you have to give him props um, for doing what he did throughout his career. You know, he he went into his forties, which is not something that that's you know usually the norm. Tom Brady's the one that's been breaking that, but outside of Tom Brady and maybe Brett Favre, we don't usually get to see this. And he and he did it, you know. And you got to give him credit for that. Um, passing yards, eighty thousand yards, first completions, first. Uh, um, completion percentage. He's second. 
but he's the only quarterback that has multiple seasons of over 70 uh, completion percentage uh, seasons in the NFL. So you got to give him credit. He, you know, he, he got it done so many times. It sucks that he only has one Super Bowl title. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to be a part of the conversation when we're debating as to who's the second, third, or fourth, or fifth, because obviously we're not debating number one anymore. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it, it sucks that he only has one Super Bowl title. And when you look at a talent like his, you know, you expect for him to have a, a, a many more titles. The same thing we say about Aaron Rodgers. But all in all, he is a top 10 quarterback of all time. I actually heard some crazy uh, um, as uh, uh, an analyst talking about Drew Brees not being a top 10. Um it's not surprising to to hear that person in particular saying that, but right, he is definitely a top ten quarterback. To me, he didn't do enough to crack the top five. Uh, we can get into it a little bit after you know after you go as to who we have in the top five, but he's definitely an all a, a top ten quarterback in the history of the NFL. What do you think? I mean, I I know the comment that you're talking about, and I saw your reply on social media, so I, I know what you're talking and about. And I was and I was being and, and I was being nice, bro. I was being so nice yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I had so many things <laughs> to say about that particular person, and I was like, you know right. what? I'm gonna just stay shut. I'm gonna keep it professional. I'm not gonna be one of those. Right, right, right. But here's the thing, though. When I heard the news, obviously I'm like, okay, it's Drew Brees. You know, you you think about. Like all the things that you talked about from the from the yards to the touchdown in his place in history. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm going to be completely honest, is that I kind of had to remind myself a little bit about his greatness as as it relates to the way that we evaluate the game today. Yeah, I had to kind of remind myself a little bit that he is a top 10 quarterback. Because the truth is, or at least in my opinion, I should say, quarterback wins should not be a stat. It should not be a measurement of the of the greatness or lack of greatness of a quarterback. But the truth of the matter is, is that's how we see it, especially in that sport. Yeah. Um, you know, the reason like I'm not going to say you in particular but a lot of people that point to Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time talk about it because of the wins more importantly the 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 success in the playoffs the seven super bowl rings anybody that wants to talk or that debates uh Tom Brady's greatness as far as a quarterback that's generally what they point to that's that's, that's what right. we lead with basically yeah yeah you're right right because in my opinion, and this is not a um, a let's just, let's say a knock on Tom Brady, but I don't consider him based on the position. I don't consider him the greatest quarterback of all time. Why? Because in the last, want to say, ten, maybe fifteen years, we have seen, or let's say, let's go back to twenty years, the evolution of the position and how it's it's going right now yeah you have seen guys that bring the the, the skill sets as far as the traditional quarterback the arm the the precision the precision the accuracy and all of that other stuff but bring dynamics to the position that people like tom brady and drew Brees never brought like you have seen 
guys, it started with somebody like, well, we can or, go back or, further. Or Peyton Bronco- Matt, even Peyton Manning as well can be added to that list. Right. Yeah. So, no, but like Peyton Manning, I see him as that kind of Tom Brady, Drew Brees style quarterback. Yeah, that's what the, I meant. The that's people what I meant. that I'm talking yeah. about, it's like you can go way back and say somebody like Randall Cunningham. Mm-hmm. But in the modern era, you have somebody like Mike Vick and yeah. what he was able to do as a quarterback. Now you see what Aaron Rodgers has done for the past 15 years, bring the the dynamic of running and being able to be elusive and be a threat with their legs. Now you're seeing that evolution go even further with somebody like Patrick Mahomes. You have Lamar Jackson, um, even somebody like Deshaun Watson. These are guys that are bringing skill sets to that particular position that I think as time goes by, the traditional quarterback, the traditional pocket quarterback while great in numbers, tends to, because it's a little, I guess the word is flashy, because they're a little less yeah. flashy and dynamic, Yeah. then it gets to be kind of diluted a little bit. And so I think that that's what happened in, in, in the case of Drew Brees, that lack of all of that, but also the lack of success in playoffs. Because for as great as his stats is, and I looked it up, homeboy was like 9-9 nine and nine when it came to the playoff. Like yeah. that's an average. That's five hundred in the playoffs. And won three seasons. And, and won three seasons uh, um, of under five hundred record. Didn't make it to the playoffs when he was with the Saints. Right, but even even if you if you dissect his success and yeah. that again that speaks to us as a fan, yeah. as fans, as people that break down the game, as um, prisoner of the moments. Because part of what I saw when I was looking up those his stats is not only did he only make it to you know, one Super Bowl, which is the one that they won, but he only made it to the conference finals three times. And he's only done it, let me see, once, once, one trip to the conference title since he won that Super Bowl, yeah. which was what, 2009, 2010, something yeah, like 2009, that? 2009, 2009. 2009, right? And so we're talking about like in the past 10 years, for as great as the team remained, in, in the sense that they kind of stayed in contention, even as they added the dynamic of a running game, which is something that they lacked in the beginning. They uh, lacked defense because they were always known as a team that could score a lot, but, yeah, can, but they couldn't then play had much no defense. defense. Yeah. But even as they evolved with all of that, it never translated into the success of going into those championships or being, when it came down to the final four teams, to being the team that made it to the conference championship on a regular basis, or that made it to a few Super Bowls. And so that's why I I can see the argument of somebody um, right, not at the, at the, like the drop of a hat saying, okay, this is where he belongs in history. But when you look at those numbers that you mentioned, that's what brought me back to reality when I'm like, okay, wait a second. No, no, no. He may not be that top five guy that you, that you spoke about, but yeah, he is in that top 10 because that success on the regular season added with the limited, if you want to call it limited, success in the playoff definitely puts him up there because you can't be an all-time number one, number two in, in in several categories and then not be a top 10 quarterback. And so for me, that's what happened. But I can see the 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 lack of somebody automatically placing him there 
because of the way that we rate the game now as opposed to like the way that we ought to rate the game. And I think another thing that hurts him, um, which is another part of, let's say, Tom Brady's argument, because obviously the seven rings is, is not it's primary. It's the first thing that we're going to bring up. Tom Brady is a, a guy like an MJ who has rings, but also has the stats to back it up. Because when you look at his stats, right. Drew Brees, he's either one and two. Guess who's the other guy that's one and two? Tom Brady. And that and right. that's something. Uh, uh, but, uh, that's besides the point. A, a a thing that holds people back, and you just you you uh you went through the, uh, the many reasons why people might hesitate to like want to put him in the top ten. And now that I'm stepping back and thinking about it, is the fact that yes, he has all those stats. He's one and two right there with Tom Brady. Has his his one Super Bowl title and Super Bowl MVP. You know what's the other issue that people have? The fact that he has all these crazy stats, but he has no MVPs. That's you think, another one. When you think about guys like Peyton Manning, who, you know, has two Super Bowl titles, even though he got carried, right. literally carried in the second title. Right. Peyton Manning has four MVPs in the regular season, which right. is a record. Aaron Rodgers, he may have just one Super Bowl title, but Aaron Rodgers has three regular season MVPs. That's true as well. You know well. what I mean? When you look at guys like Tom Brady, yes, he has seven Super Bowl titles, the most in, by, you know, more than any franchise. But he also has three regular season MVPs. So that's another issue that you just, you know, lovely brought up is the fact that at no point during his career was he ever thought as a better quarterback than Tom Brady, than Aaron Rodgers, or Peyton Manning, for that matter. And that's something that hurts him. But still, even with that, he still has, in my mind, he still has to be a top 10 quarterback. You can't, you can't make up a list without him because of the fact that yeah, he has those flaws, but he has the stats, and he has right. a Super Bowl title, so he has he has to be in the the top ten discussion automatically. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. It's uh it's something that again, well, I, I I guess I'm just elaborating a little bit further when you, because what those stats say, and I think that you mentioned it, um, at the beginning of, of your thought, yeah, it that it speaks to the the continuity or his ability to be the consistency yeah. in whatever level of greatness you want to put him in, because you have this guy in order to accumulate those stats, you have to be good enough to be playing for as long as he did. Absolutely. And that's something that's there because guys played 286 games. That's, you know, for a quarterback, especially in the modern era where, you know, even the greats get eventually replaced or yeah. get eventually released or something yep. like that. This guy maintained his his level of greatness, of consistency um, over that period of time. And then that's how you rack up those stats. If you want to say, hey, well, he, well, he was good enough. If you want to make the argument he has those stats because he played forever, well, he had to be good enough to exactly. play forever in order to accumulate those stats. And so you can't deny him. Even if you don't want to put him in that top tier, that Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, you can't knock him that further down because it speaks to his greatness on a consistent level. Absolutely, bro. I'm 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 all with you um from that perspective. Yeah. So let's move on um to our, our second topic then. Now obviously that we've found out that he's retiring, which we which most of us knew already. Now the question comes up who should be the next quarterback for the New Orleans Saints? So what do you think about that? I mean, <laughs> well, let's start with the options. 
the options as of today are Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, which you can make the argument that both of them are, you know, decent to good quarterbacks. But there's a saying in football that if you have two good quarterbacks, that means you don't have one great quarterback. <laughs> yep. And I think that that's the position that they find themselves in. And and so option one for me would be, and we spoke about this, I think it was a, in one of the last couple of episodes, is when we discussed the possibility of Russell Wilson ending up there. If that's an option for them where they can do it, whether it's through salary cap um, manipulations or through draft picks or whatever, if they can go out and get someone else other than who they have, maybe they can um, trade up in the draft that's coming up and get maybe a quarterback of the future, then that would be my suggestion for them because they are, even without Drew Brees, a very competent team. You still have the weapons there, Alvin Kamara, um, Michael Thomas. You have the defense that's still there. So they're still in a window where they can compete in the not only the division, but in the conference. Um, so they need a quarterback that can, I guess, at, at the very minimum, manage the game at the very best, that can elevate what they have already and put them over the top. And so I don't see the two guys that they have right there as being the answer. But if they can't trade for anybody, if they can't sign anybody, um, if they, you know, they draft a quarterback, but it's somebody who's not ready to go right now because they don't have one of the top picks, then the answer to me has to be Jason, uh, Jameis Winston. Um, I know that people love Taysom Hill for like his dynamic going back to the, the first yeah. topic that we discussed. But to me, he's a guy who's, he's not a quarterback. In my opinion, he's yeah. not a starting quarterback. I think that he's somebody that fitting great with what they did, which is mostly for like trick plays for like the, the run option and all of those other things. But he is not, and he had a decent run. When Drew Brees was out, yeah. I, I see that. Let me see. I put it in my notes that he went 88 of 121, 900 yards, over 900 yards, but only four touchdowns. Like that's not gonna. Not that's gonna not sustainable it. for a, a for a quarterback. You know, even Lamar Jackson, who who tends to be categorized as the run first quarterback, he can sling it for more than that. And so you have to go with Jameis, who. Hey, he has his faults, but he is a, a quarterback who did pass for 5,000 yards. Yeah. In his last starting gig. So it wasn't like he did this like 10 years ago. No, in his last year in Tampa Bay, yes, there was the 30 interceptions, and that could be a drawback. Nobody's saying he's the next Aaron Rodgers or an elite quarterback. But if those are your two options, then you make Jameis the starter. You keep Taysom to kind of do what he was doing behind Drew Brees. And that has to be the option you go unless you're going to go out and get somebody else. I think they have two routes they can go down. Neither of those two routes include Taysom Hill. <laughs> I agree with you a thousand percent. Taysom Hill, I think he fits more as a player that you can toss out there to do quarterback options, throw him in as a quarterback where he can either pass the ball or run the ball, throw him right. out there as a tight end, throw him out there you know, in special teams. Like I think he fits best. 
when he's used that way. So right. the first, I'm going to title it by saying realistic option is Jameis Winston. Right. Yes, he had the famous 30 for 30, but as you said, he did throw for over 5,000 yards, and he did throw for, you know, 30, 30 touchdowns. And he's playing in a system now. I'm trying to be positive for him because everyone crushes him. He's playing in a right. system now that's not like Bruce Arians' system, which is no risk and no biscuit. You know, he's playing for, for a more, I would say, John Payton. He's known for being so creative for quarterbacks. Right. And I think that that's something that can help Jameis Winston. He's not going to be the guy back in Tampa just flinging it down the field every chance he gets. He's not going to do that. What Sean Payton is going to do is that he's going to utilize him the best way that he sees fit for Jameis Winston. So I think it can help him out, actually. Right. So the number one realistic option is obviously Jameis Winston. And, you know, he's I would say he's an average quarterback, but it's better than having nothing at the end of the day. Um, Their second option, this is what I'm going to call the unrealistic option, the, the wishful thinking option, is, right. is Russell Wilson. As yeah. you can see, they were uh, the NFL is doing this thing now, and I've they're doing it more now than they've ever done it before, which is the whole reconstruction of deals, uh, doing the whole voidable years like they did with Tom Brady to be able to create right. cap space. That's and, and many teams after Tom Brady and the Bucks did that start oh not started but also did the same thing, reconstructing deals to create cap room, and the, the Saints did the same thing with Kamara. I think they did the same thing with Michael Thomas. The same they thing did it with Hill, too. Yeah, most, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he signed a four-year extension for 40 million years, but all four years avoidable. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't count against the cap. So with right. what the NFL teams are doing nowadays, um, I think that the Saints can create the room to be able to bring in a guy like Russell Wilson. But obviously when you're doing something like that, you're going to have to give something back. And again, you can work around the whole, you know, the whole system like they've been doing now to be able to create the cap space. But I think if there's a time to go out and get a player like a Russell Wilson, it's right now because the guy's disgruntled. Whether he shows emotion or not, you know, he wants to get out of Seattle. He's already expressed that by by the whole, you know, um, I don't want to leave, but if you guys want to trade me, these are the teams I want to. Right. Don't, don't give me that. You want to leave. All right. Just be honest. You want to go. And and if there was ever a chance to go out there and get a player of that caliber who's a top five quarterback in the NFL, then now's the time. Put something together. You have you have players, New Orleans Saints, to be able to trade for a guy like that. And you can maneuver the cap space. So I think that the second option, the unrealistic option, but it's more wishful thinking than anything else is Russell Wilson, and I would prefer going with the second option if if I had a choice. I would give whatever I've got to go for that second option. If it doesn't work out, then I think that Champagne can work with Jameis Winston. They're not going to be the, the the team they were with Drew Brees, but he is a viable quarterback at the end of the day. Yeah, no, and you have to um, – I think that that's going to be key for, for New Orleans from their uh, – the front office to down to Champagne is how decisive are they going to be? Because they have to, whether it's going after Russell Wilson or somebody else or the James or going with Jameis, they have, in my opinion, of, of course, they have to be very decisive and say like, this is what we're going to do. Oh yeah. And, 
and not kind of kind of do what he did last year, which to me I I personally didn't like. Where it's like when Drew Brees went down, it's like you didn't know what was gonna happen. Then he made Taysom Hill the quarterback, but the reality is he didn't really make him the quarterback because you saw that the the plays, the system that they put was to take advantage of Taysom Hill, the runner, not Taysom Hill, the quarterback. And so that was sustainable for a couple of weeks. They were able to hold it down. But if that's your plan going into the season, and that's why, again, no knock on Taysom Hill, but unless there's something that we haven't seen from him before that he showed off this this cannon or this ability to be precise, then teams are going to come after that. And as good as Taysom Hill is as a runner, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's no. not Patrick Mahomes. And so you have to be able to say, like, this is who, this is our guy. This is who we're going to go with and start, like, not only giving him the boost of confidence to know that he's going to be the starter, but so that you can design your your system or tweak your system to fit that guy. Yeah. Because for as, you know, average as you want to call Jameis, or, and I'm not saying you specifically, I mean us generally, how much, how how worse could he have possibly been than what Drew Brees gave us, gave them last year? Yeah. You know, like, could the argument be made that with Jameis, his, Jameis Winston, they don't go as deep or even deeper into the playoffs? Because by the end, like, Drew Brees' arms was done. Yeah. And so, you know, he is somebody who could potentially at least get you to the same spot. And if you coach him up, if you bring him along, can actually play better than what Drew Brees was giving you in the final couple of years. And so they but you have to be precise. You have to say, this is our plan. This is what we're going to go with and make it happen. Or if he's not it, then just be like, hey, these guys are going to be out here competing. Uh, we're going to draft. We're going to do this. We're going to do that and live with the consequences. But knowing that you have a team that's still has somewhat of a window to stay competitive. Um, so you can do it or decide to just blow everything up and start all, all over again. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a heck of a storyline if um you keep obviously start Jameis Winston to go up against the, the Tampa Bay Bucks twice a year, his former team. It'll be great for TV, and at the end of the day, that's the most realistic option. Um, and he gives him gives them the best chance to be able to compete in that division, and and then get a chance to get into the playoffs at the end of the day. By the way, before we end this up, kudos, great kudos, because I know we're not going to talk about it in today's episode, but kudos to Bill Belichick. You oh. you slept on your boy and how oh he's washed up and done. Listen. My man stepped up. They had hey, my man stepped up and he got it. He he got he got a little squad we'll, going up there in New we'll, England. We'll touch it on 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 next week's episode. But listen, he had the money, had the second yeah. most money, and this is out of character. But obviously, we don't, let's not go too into detail with that. We'll we'll touch that topic next week on our next episode. So stay tuned, stay tuned, Patriots. But for fans. the record, I'm giving Bill Belichick props. Oh no, of course, on of public course. record, just saying. <laughs> we all are, we all are. So let's move on to our our last topic, and obviously it's it's some more NBA, but it's not in the same way that we've been doing in the past couple of weeks. You know, we were entertaining the All Star game, having some fun with that, but um. This week is going to be a little bit different because um, we had a very smart guy center for the Miami Heat, Miles Leonard. 
um, he came out and he said some very, very disturbing things um, and deeply offensive anti-Semitic slurs um, while playing Call of Duty, while streaming Call of Duty. Like, how big of, a, of an idiot do you have to be? So I want to ask you, um, because there's a lot to, to untangle here. You know, he was obviously punished, uh, fined, I believe, and suspended mm-hmm. indefinitely. But do you think the punishment for Miles Leonard, uh, uh, Miles Leonard um, was enough? Well, I'll start off by saying, you know, the you, you mentioned the smart guy. This incident to me questions how intelligent this guy oh, is. Oh, no, that, that was being, being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Got it. My bad. It kind of went over yeah, my cause head. Yeah, I, because I don't, I don't know the guy, so it's very sarcastic. <laughs> but it's, like you said, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, it's an unfortunate situation because it's kind of like, it kind of beats you to death metaphorically speaking, as, you know, when we started this podcast almost a year ago, we discussed, you know, obviously we started talking about social and racial issues. And while this is not directly directed at the African-American community, it's kind of more of the same. It's kind of people forgetting, like, man, that there are different people out there in this world. And like man like just be less of a jerk in 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 the way that we treat people like in in kind of parentheses i i had this this moment the other day like with my fiance like two days ago where i was reading this this article about a some wrestling show that was being done some independent stuff and the the guy that was putting the show together the promoter had to come out during the middle of the event and say, hey, we are not, if I'm glad everybody's having a good time, but I'm not going to sit here and condone people chanting, send them back to Africa in the middle of the event. And honestly, it like it pissed me off when I read the article and I told my fiance as much, but she was like, why are you mad? I'm like, because... It's like even in today's climate, when we see over and over again, all these incidents, it's like, man, what is it about people's like lack of evolution that says, man, this is okay to do. And that to me is the, the highlight of what Miles Leonard did. I'm not much of a gamer period and definitely not, uh, play online very much i think the last time i played online was like a year ago which was with you and and another one of our friends yeah and and i know that it's common knowledge that on online you kind of hear all these kinds of things and and words and curses and all that flung around number one that speaks to how we are as a society that this is the language that we kind of need to do and i'm here for trash talking I'm here for like, you know, going at people when you're playing against them. I'll even be like, I'm, I won't play the, the role of moral police and say like, oh, well, you curse or whatever. Like, that's your personal choice. Yeah. Yep. But as they say, there's levels to this. Um, and that's the part that Miles Leonard, to me, crossed. Because in using that word, first of all, I consider myself a somewhat curious and intelligent person i had never heard of that word no no never heard of that word i had to look it up and find out what it means 
to even and now even when I read it, I was like, what the yeah. hell? I I've never heard of this word. Like in my 30 plus years of life, never heard of this word. So for this guy to use that word and use it the way that he used it, which for context, he said like there was a curse word in the beginning, there was the slur, and then there was another curse word. Uh curse word at the end. Yep. So for you to stand here and say that you didn't know after the fact, to me, first of all, it either says you're very stupid or more likely than not, you knew what you were doing and it was just one of those moments where you're like, well, I'm just going to fling it and then just kind of whatever. So that's to that. So your question about the punishment, like you said, he got, he ended up, getting fined $50,000. The suspension went from indefinitely to a week. Is it fair? No. Like, in my opinion, things like that, you cut the person. You send them on their way. At least go home and make them ineligible to get signed for the rest of the season for no team to go be able to pick them up. Because we have to start drawing the line somewhere. And... You know, whether it's this word or somebody using the N word in an offensive manner, like what these leagues continue to show. And it's and and, and I'm going to kind of like toss that question back to you. Yeah. It's like at, at the end of the day, as much as they want to, like, quote unquote, be this image of, you know, of, of professionalism. At the end of the day, it's business. Yeah. Because my question to you is, first of all, why not change the suspension in general so that people can get more a harsher discipline and something like this can resonate in their mind like yo i've got to be careful what i say because it's going to cost me not fifty thousand dollars that it's going to cost me millions but more than like the fine because fifty thousand dollars for them that's what one game a game check or something like that for most of these players this guy's i think he's going to be he's supposed to make like something like nine ten million dollars this year or something like that but the question is, why hasn't he been cut? No, I think what what's like well, there's a question that people are bringing up on social media, which is, why is it that if the NBA, as you just said, they care so much about obviously their public figure, they care about you know social injustice, they care about what's going on right now, yet if you get you know if you're smoking weed or, or marijuana or whatever, you get fined for a much larger fine. And you get right. punished. You, you, it's a deeper punishment for something like that. And I think that we're in a time right now, even if, let's say, you know, at first at first glance when you said, you know, he should be punished for the rest of the season, I actually, I'm sitting here and I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, isn't that a little bit too harsh? But no, it's not. Because we, we've, we've gotten to a point where something needs to change. We have, right. to, we have to go to the extreme now which is sitting someone out for half of a season for saying a word because some people are just tone deaf. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's taking them so long. I think we're just going to have to wait. Like we usually have to do, which is wait for more people to come out and do things like this for them to take it seriously. Um, right. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm to be completely honest. I don't know why they haven't done that. And maybe they'll do it after this example, because you know, he's obviously suspended indefinitely they don't know they don't really know what the hell they're doing with him but he should be out i agree with you he should be out for the rest of the season and this is something that should be set 
as an example for the rest of the players because we're we're in a deeply divided time right now bro and and, and to mm-hmm. have someone like this and and one of the parts that that I found hilarious and it's not a funny situation but I was just laughing at this was the fact that he came out in a statement and said um that he doesn't know what the word means here it is so he writes while I didn't know what the word meant at the time my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community it's absolutely not an excuse and I was just wrong I'm gonna completely disregard anything you said after you said why I didn't know what the word meant at the time we've never heard that word before you say you've not we've heard a lot of people curse and use uh, demeaning words we've never heard this word before you you know what that word means. You're just not gonna say a word when you're cursing someone out without knowing what it means. There's just no way right. you're gonna do that because you don't know what kind of trouble you're gonna. Especially when you're in the limelight, you know when you're out there in national television playing for the NBA. There's no way you're just gonna throw out a word like that that you that you don't know. You've heard that word before and you know exactly what it means. So I'm calling BS. I'm calling BS. Yeah. He knows exactly. He knows probably he doesn't know the full extent because even us. Reading the definition, I did the same thing, trying to look up what the word meant. Um, right. And I couldn't fully understand it. But you get the idea. You get the 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 whole idea is it's an offensive word to the Jewish community. That's it. That that, right. that should be enough for you. And yet I'm pretty sure he knew. And yet he still went out there while he's playing Call of Duty out of all things, streaming Call of Duty. He throws the word out there. But yet he doesn't know what the word meant. He never heard the word before. So how did how do you how are you gonna throw out a word? That you've never heard before. And that's what makes it to me a little bit more, um, I guess, hypocritical of the NBA and the Miami Heat, to be quite honest with you. And that's why I was asking the, 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 the question of why hasn't he been cut? Because is it that they're looking to trade him? Is it that they're looking to see if they uh, can get some value back for him or something like that? Because his defense... I think it's not as insulting as the word, obviously, but it's an insulting defense because not only, as you said, he's in his statement, as you, as you read it, I should say, he says it didn't, I don't, at the end of the day, at the end of the sentence, correct me if I'm wrong. He says, it's not an excuse, but you just made an excuse in saying that you didn't know what it was at the time. So it's like, I didn't know, and so I said it, but I'm not trying to make an excuse for myself. Yes, that's exactly what you're doing. And so to me, when you somebody not only does the offensive thing, but comes out with this kind of quote-unquote excuse of an apology because it's not a real apology, then the team it's like what are you waiting for and i'm not here to you know bring cancel culture i'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the right to eventually make his way back or something like that but at the end of the day if all he gets is that level of fine that fifty thousand dollars and yes i'm pretty sure he's gonna have to do a whole lot of public pr stuff you know um learning from the Jewish community and great. I hope that he learns from it. But if there is no real consequences on their level, because if you and I get hit with a $50,000 fine, man, we're going to go into depression looking to find out how it is that we're going to pay this, 
this money back. And I'm not even trying to make light heart a lighthearted situation. It's just that that level of money is going to remind us about what we should or shouldn't do. Yeah. Like, if you have a job that pays you $50,000 a year, let's say for the sake of argument, you know what could potentially get you fired from that job and cost you that $50,000 paycheck. And you're going to be like, no, whether that's something at the job or even something outside of the job that if your bosses find out, they're going to be like, well, you know what? That kind of mess up, messes up with the image of our company or it goes against some policy or whatever. So you got to go. So for, so for Miami to just kind of stick to that or for people not to say, you know what? We got to come back to the table and say, yo, now th this punishment has to go up. You know, this has to go, then it's just going to happen again. And we're going to have, because his, his apology, in my opinion, is the definition of entitlement of saying, I use this, this offensive word, um, in context, because again, yeah, curse word in the beginning, curse word in the end with the slur in the middle. Like you don't do that unless you're trying unless you, to offend somebody. Unless you know, unless you know what it means. There's just right. no way you're gonna do that. And you said it when you're trying to offend someone. He knows exactly like what I, it means. Right. If I call you a mother effing blah blah blah, man, the fact that I started with mother effing that means that whatever's coming next is meant to add on to that first word. And so for him to do that and for them to just and, and then come out with that apology. That means like, you know what, I'm just going to do the bare minimum. And to me, it speaks more to the to what needs to change at the collective bargaining table about things like this. Otherwise, five. Hey, Riley Cooper did something similar, got away with it. We've seen in other sports guys do something similar and get away with it. If this doesn't change anything, let's say in the NBA, then what's to say that six months from now or a year from now, or whatever, we're going to have a similar situation and, and land right back where we were. I'll end with this quote. This was from Adam Silver. Obviously, he's the NBA commissioner. Um, he came out with a statement and he said, yesterday, he, Miles, Myers Leonard, spoke to representatives of the Anti-Defamation League to better understand the impact of his words. And he finished it off by saying, and we accept that he's genuinely remorseful. Like, no, he's not. No, he's not. You read his statement, you read his apology. From the get-go, he's lying. He's just lying. Yeah. So is he actually remorseful? I don't think so. I think he wanted to use the word. He did it, when, like you said, with a curse word in front and a curse word after. You When you do that, you're doing that with emotion. Like You really want to say right. the word. You don't just do that, friend, for just no reason. So is it, no, he's not remorseful. He knew exactly what he was doing. And then on top of that, he lied about saying that he didn't know what it meant or, wh or what kind of impact it would have you're lying so you're not remorseful because you're not you're not telling the truth and it just sucks right. that the commissioner of the nba is just it feels like they're just letting it go i spoke to the guy he's remorseful done yeah it, it seems to me like they're trying to minimize it not minimize it but not put it so high that it interrupts with the flow of business um, and that to me is dangerous because again, then you are setting yourself up where somebody else is going to, you know, cross a line, potentially cross it at a, at a, in a worse way than he did. And then, and then you're going to come out and say, 
well, this and this and this has to change. And so you have the moment uh, right now to do something about it. Hopefully they do, but it sucks if this just simply goes away and there's no change uh, at the end of the day. No, that's true. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us. You know, I hope everybody got, or we hope I should say, got every, got a little bit of something from this episode. And more importantly, that it continues dialogue, you know, once you hear it. And so we just want to say thank you for always listening, always supporting. We always remind you to go to your favorite streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or, or whatever you it is that you listen. And just... Give us a listen. Let us know. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know. Keep in touch with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We out there. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear about next. But that's going to do it for us. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Mi gente. We out.